Welcome to the Compassion Parenting Podcast, helping moms to love wisely and well. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Wild, integrative pediatrician and mom of eight sons who continually challenge and teach me. Over the years, I've learned that rather than outward technique, it's the internal landscape of the heart that affects parenting more than anything else. Mothering is about being, not just doing. You have everything you need within you to become the parent you want to be, so let's bring it out. On today's episode, I'm so excited to be talking to Stephanie Jones. She is a TEDx speaker, an author, and a podcaster, and her mission is to give and practice gratitude daily. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's fun. So could you just tell your story? when you began this process of daily giving. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good time of the year. So I always said I set one good goal, January 1st, 2011, which I can't believe it's been over a decade, to give a gift every day for 365 days for a year. Me, one person looking to make a difference in one other person's life each and every day. My definition of a gift was simple, though sometimes not easy. Give and expect nothing in return, which I found that to be sometimes challenging, you know, is you expect people to smile back or say thank you or, you know, just reciprocate sometimes an excitement of a gift that you give. And sometimes maybe they're not excited as you are. And yeah, I I went on that journey every day. I did three things every day. I was really intentional, you know, every day getting up saying, I'm going to give a gift today. It was non-negotiable to looking for opportunities because people always ask me like, Stephanie, how did you do this every day for, I actually did 522 days was my, I went past the year. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. And then I had to look for opportunities. What I found is they're all around us to give, to help others, to make a difference, but you have to look. But most importantly, how I was successful was taking action when I saw those opportunities. You know, sometimes giving takes courage, which I never thought about that before. But especially if you're, you know, it's a stranger, somebody you don't know as well, or even somebody that you do know, and you kind of get this little tug of, maybe I need to ask a question. You know, maybe I sense something's a little off. It, It does take courage to take that action, to ask thoughtful questions. And uh, yeah, that journey changed my life. Like I said, 522 days, took a little break. It was a little tiring. I missed day 523, but I missed it. It had become a lifestyle. It wasn't just a habit anymore. And I've been giving a gift almost every day for over a decade. So, Wow, that is amazing. And I'm really interested to hear how you can advise us and challenge us to incorporate this as parents and caregivers. How can we model generosity and gratitude in our own homes? Yeah, absolutely. So I am not a parent myself, but I've been married for almost 20 years. And I always feel like God's led uh, a lot of young women in our life that, you know, my husband and I have been modeled for. I always say I was raised a giving gal in a home where we didn't have a lot of things, a lot of money, but my parents were very active in the community. One is through your actions. You know, if I look back over when I was growing up, there are actions that my parents took every day. I can remember, uh, you know, if somebody needed something in our community, they called my dad because they knew that he would show up. They knew that he would help. He was never going to charge anybody. 
it's the words that we speak in in our home, but also to strangers. You know, how do we respond or what do we say when we're driving down the road and we see a homeless person on the side of the road? What are those words that come out of our mouths that those that are around us, children in this case, hear us say? How are we spending our time? You know, are we involved in the community? Are there nonprofits that maybe our children, you know, is, do they have a passion or is there a passion within our family? And we're not only, we're not just talking about it, but we're making it a point to say, hey, let's go volunteer. How do we get involved? How do we learn? And then also if we have the ability financially, so if children get allowance or they get birthday money or Christmas money or whatever it is, if they have a job, depending on the age of the child, you know, are they taking a portion of that? You know, I always like to say 10% and finding a way to give that away. Maybe it's a friend in need at school. Maybe it's a family in a community. You know, you just never know. There's always different ways. So I think the biggest thing is, is modeling and in, in your behavior, but then also setting priorities and goals around giving in your house. I love that. And I love how you talk about the words we say, because part of the generosity that we offer as people is the way we think about others and the way that we represent our feelings about others to our kids. And that can really create a culture of generosity in terms of looking at people generously. And I think gratitude and generosity go really hand in hand. Sometimes people who are feel like it's so easy for them and natural for them to give, but it might be a little harder to receive. Oh, it really is. I would say I started practicing gratitude before giving, you know, and I've written books on both giving and gratitude, but they really go hand in hand. You know, the more that I practice them daily, the more that I see how they really teach us about, you know, things. We live in this culture of consumerism and having a lot of things. But if you can practice gratitude and just be grateful for what you have. So if we think about kiddos, I'm just grateful for the toys that I have or the clothes that I have. If you can just be grateful for what you have, then you don't need more. And if you don't need more, then you're not spending, especially if you look at that money or your time, then how can you give that away? You know, so that that extra that you were spending. And it, I always just say it creates a circle of, you know, the more grateful you are, the more giving that you can be. I also think it's a great skill. I know my friends that have even small children, three, four, five, when I've given them gifts, I've received written, you know, as written as they could for children that young, a thank you for the gift or drawing me a picture you know, giving me a phone call. I just got this in the mail. I, I'm an Aunt Steffi to a lot of people. You know, thank you so much. And, you know, that's a skill that as they get older, as they go to a job interview, separating them apart of writing that handwritten thank you note. I know for me, when I get those, it's like, oh, okay, that person's very thoughtful, you know, is I, they appreciated my time. So I think there's multiple ways that we can incorporate gratitude. It's something you can do around the table. You know, in the morning at breakfast, instead of being rushed, you know, of, okay, let's think back to yesterday. What's one thing we're grateful for? Or in the evening around the table, what are you grateful for today? What's something good that happened? But the more we practice gratitude, when we go through difficult times, we can pull back and go, okay, I know we're going through a really difficult time, but let's find one thing that's good. 
And I've used that a lot over my life. And I think that's something great for parents to model is how do you respond when things aren't going so great? And how do you look for the good? Totally. And working a lot with kids who experience anxiety, I I see gratitude practices as being so valuable in terms of helping kids have more of an external orientation rather than always focusing on themselves and embarrassment and hesitation. But starting to look at other people's needs and other people's feelings can be very therapeutic. And then acting on that really helps to combat isolation and disconnection. And so it's so powerful. Now, a lot of our listeners are busy moms and they might think, how can I fit this in? Is this just one more thing I need to do? So I'd be interested to have you speak a little bit on that and also talk to us about some of your favorite giving experiences. Maybe share a couple stories of ways your your daily giving have changed you and have changed other people. Yeah, absolutely. One thing I always say is looking, and this can be challenging, but I've even coached some moms on this is setting priorities. What are the true priorities in our family? Having three and then writing down all the activities that you have going on and do your activities align to the priorities. And so, you know, it is giving and gratitude part of a priority that you have for your family. To your point, there's actually a lot of science and research on the power of giving and gratitude, decreasing anxiety, increasing health, decreasing depression. So, you know, and I've experienced those in my own life. Also is giving and gratitude doesn't have to take a lot of time. Look at the life that you have. My guess is those busy moms may have children in sports or other activities and you're going to be in the car. You're going to be driving. Okay, guys, what are you grateful for today? Let's go around and talk about that, thinking about your life, how it is, and how can you incorporate it in? Maybe you don't have the time. Maybe you're in a season where you don't have time to volunteer, but maybe you're a little, you know, on financially, you're better in saying, okay, how do we look at our finances? Let's find one nonprofit in our community, call them up, see what their need is. So I think it's just taking all these different ideas and figuring out how does it fit into your family? Or if you make it a priority, maybe there's other ways that you can quit doing one thing and incorporating some giving into others. So So I think to your point of really asking ourselves, well, are we really too busy for giving? And if we are, then maybe we're just too busy. And then also just finding ways to serve along our way. I know for me, I remember a particular time when I was having to drive to work and it was a very snowy day in Minnesota. And similar to you, you know, I try to think in the mornings about what I can do that day. And I try to be open to ideas that come. And I remember thinking about this mom whose husband was out of town and she had four small kids. And I just called her up. She was right on my way to work. And I said, is there anything that you need right now? Because you probably don't feel like going out. She said, I just ran out of milk. And I had like four gallons of milk in my fridge and it didn't take me any extra time to just stop on my way to drop off that gallon of milk. And it helped her. It helped me. And so often giving doesn't have to take tons Mm -hmm. of extra time. And then there are other times when it does. And that's valuable too. (laughs) So, So share some stories with us about some of your favorite giving experiences. 
Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to commend you and comment to say, you know, you were intentional. You had the thoughts. So I think that's a lot of times is giving is you really have to take action on those thoughts. Could have been very easy for you to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't have time or I'm on my way to work or whatever. We can make a lot of excuses. And so it's being cognizant of when I have that thought, taking action. And I've seen beautiful things come on the other side. So one of the examples that I'll give most more recently I happen to be in the library. I love using our library. That's a gift kids can give. If you've got a lot of books, you know, donate them to your library, little free libraries in the community. But we have a book sale and I happen to be in there and I over, so paying attention, just pay attention to your surroundings. I overheard a little boy and his mom talking and, and I could hear her say something to the effect of, you know, no, it's not too, that's too expensive. We can't afford that. And then she let him get a book and we were standing in line to check out. And I just thought there's something in here that little boy wants. I heard it. And I turned yes. around and just asked, you know, is, it, is there something in here that you, you want? And he knew exactly turned around, pulled a video off the shelf. And it was some cartoon video, Madagascar, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And his lot, his face just lit up. And I asked mom, you know, I said, and that's the other thing too, is we always want to ask. We never want to kind of assume what people need or what they're going to, you know, accept. And so I said, would you mind if, if I bought this? And she said, no, I think it was 75 cents. And he just beamed, but that mom, she was so grateful. I tear up, just, I get choked up thinking about that because it was 75 cents. I had 75 cents to give, but I think it meant a lot. And, you know, you never know of what that kid witnessed of somebody being kind to him, to his family. You know, I don't know what that mom was going through, but I know she couldn't afford 75 cents. But I got to say is I, as I walked away, one of the things I wish I would have done and going back to the words that we used is I wish I would have encouraged that mom to say, man, you're doing a great job. You know, you've got your kiddo in a library and that's awesome because there's power in books. And that's one that sticks with me today. You can see you and I are on video. I, I get teared up because it taught me, it didn't take me any extra time. I was already in line. I was already at the library. And it didn't, it cost me less than a dollar and uh, could have, I know it impacted me. I think that's the other thing too, is we see is we give and expect nothing in return, but those gifts stick with us. And I think that when you're talking about just noticing and asking, those things are so powerful because Mm -hmm. sometimes, like you said, we can't know what people need or want. And then there might be situations though, that we can, we can step in based on our intuition and just offer something. I remember last year around Thanksgiving time, I felt very overwhelmed. There were so many things that I was needing to do. And I remember having the thought, I just wish that there was someone here to take care of me. You know, I felt like I was taking care of everyone else. And I recently lost my mom and my dad has also passed away. So I sort of felt like an orphan in this world, you know, and I was at the grocery store and I had gotten some Thanksgiving groceries. And so it included a turkey and it included a lot of things. And then I looked in my purse and my wallet was not there. And so luckily I live basically across the street from the grocery store. So I said, could you please just hold this basket of of groceries and I'll be right back. And when I got back, my groceries were paid for. Somebody behind me in line had paid for my groceries and again, it just caused me to 
tear up because I felt seen and I mm -hmm. felt like some stranger had stepped in based on an impression, based on a good intention, based on an awareness of seeing someone's need. And they didn't know that I had, you know, recently lost a parent right. and, and that I was feeling this way. And, you know, it's not like I couldn't afford basic groceries. It was still very, very helpful, but it was mostly just being seen yes. and having somebody just respond with compassion and, and how our world would be if we created this culture and this cycle where this was going on all the time. And I know I definitely want to be a part of that. <laughs> I know, you know, I, my first book, The Giving Challenge, I swear, you know, I'm like, I did this for 522 consecutive days. It changed my life. You know, I know I impacted thousands over that journey is, you know, you and I were talking about my TEDx talk and it was on, you know, this topic, Giving Challenge. And, you know, I looked out in the audience, there were 250 people. And I said, if you guys just took The Giving Challenge for 40 days, that's what my book is, 40 days, that's 10,000. Think about that, 10,000 gifts we would send out in the world. I am convinced we would change the world if everybody just took time to put down their phones, look around. But I think this is important to teach our children and we can teach them at a young age is to pay attention to the kids in your class. If they seem sad, you know, say a nice word, go sit next to somebody, invite somebody to sit next to you at lunch. Pay attention if somebody doesn't seem like they have a lunch. Kids are very intuitive. They pick up on the needs of others, but teaching them that it's okay to take action on that. You know, don't be worried about screwing up or saying the wrong thing. We see, unfortunately, suicide rates rising in our children. And I think a lot of times it's because they're not seen. They don't think anybody cares. And there's a guy, Kevin Hines. I always tell people, go to YouTube and watch his story. And his whole story is if, if one person would have smiled at him that day and seen him, he wouldn't have jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge. Now mm -hmm. he jumps and he survives to tell us that, but it was so powerful. And I've, I've got his permission to use his story when I mm -hmm. talk because it proves that point. It isn't a lot of time or a lot of money. It's smiling at people when you walk down the street, you know, and just seeing people and teaching our kids to smile. When I go into schools and talk, I tell kids, okay, my, because a lot of kids will ask, what was your gift for the day? And I said, my gift was when I came into school, I was going to smile at every kid walking down the hall. And I said, that's hard. I'm a stranger. I don't know anybody here at this school. And I get some odd looks from children. But guess what? Most of those kids smile back at me, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, can you imagine if we did that in school, if we just kind of had this rule of, Hey kids, when you walk down the hall, smile and, you know, wave to people and say hi. And so I actually had a couple of girls after a talk message me through Instagram and said, Hey, we've been doing the giving challenge and we can't believe they just had this excitement and they were starting to see changes with their teachers and their interactions. And so I know it is something that we can teach our kids. I always say it's never too young to learn about the power of giving and gratitude. I think that that's wonderful. And I think sometimes we need to acknowledge with our kids that being gracious and giving and inclusive, it's not always the most popular thing or the most normal thing. But if they can rise above that middle school culture, for example, mm -hmm. and make a difference, it can be very powerful. I know that I have really tried to instill this in my kids and 
sometimes they haven't been the one who is, you know, included in the group, but they're able to touch many groups and be able to have an impact that is so much farther reaching than, you know, just having this appearance of being in a certain group. They're able to see beyond those imaginary boundaries. You talk some about leading with kindness. Can you explain what you mean when you say lead with kindness? You asked me this tomorrow, I might have a different answer because, but you know, I always talk of what's on my heart and people are struggling. I just had this vision of, you know, being out to dinner with family. So you've got the kiddos at the table and maybe your waitress or your waiter seems a little unhappy. You know, maybe you're not getting the best service. And again, going back to what are the words that we're speaking around our kids? And instead of like, man, you know, our service is bad and she's in a bad mood and, you know, this was wrong, whatever it is. So those are all the negative things. We're making all these assumptions is what if we led with kindness and just said, kids, you know, maybe she's having a really bad day. Maybe we should ask her how she's doing. Is she okay? Has it been a long day? Switching. Did you see? I mean, it was real easy for me to switch that conversation, switch the tone in my voice and lead with kindness because we may be, this is the other thing I always tell kids when I'm talking to them is you may be the only one that leads with kindness to somebody. You may be the only one that impacts them. You may be the only one that is speaking kindness. You may never know what's going on in somebody's home life or, you know, maybe a teen, whatever it is. And so I always thinking of the best of people instead of the worst. So leading with Mm -hmm. that kindness, having a conversation, I'll give you an example. So I was at Cracker Barrel one day, I was by myself. You talked about that intuition. I got the tug on my heart that I should leave her a bigger tip than I normally do. Typically, if I do that, it's anonymous. I'll leave it, get up and leave. But that day I felt like, and the service wasn't the best. So you know, in our world, she didn't deserve this extra big tip. Right. And for some reason, I felt that I needed to hand her that money. And when she came over, I handed her the money and tears just welled up in her eyes. And she said, you don't know how much I need this. My daughter is in recovery right now. I can't remember. It was either in recovery or she's an addict. I'm raising my grandson. I think he was 10 years old. I didn't want to come to work today. I'm so tired, but I am the breadwinner. You don't know how much this means to me. And then I asked her if I could give her a hug. So I hugged strangers and there was just something about, I think she needed the hug more than the money. Mm. You know, right there, having the courage, Cracker Barrel's full. I'm hugging my waitress. (laughs) Uh, Tears are streaming both down our eyes. But I share that because I could have not left the tip. You know, there's so many people, it's like, I'm not leaving the tip because the service is bad. Yeah. Not knowing that this lady is doing something that would be hard for anybody to do. I don't care how much money you have dealing with a family member, which so many people are in our world, you know, that are struggling with addiction. You know, when I talk to parents groups, I did one in Southern Indiana the other day. I think half my audience was caregivers. They weren't Mm -hmm. the parents of their children. You know, they were somebody else. And so that was just that reminder of that is how we lead with kindness because we never know what somebody else is going through. And we would want, you know, we would want ask children, you know, when you're having a bad day, how do you want somebody to respond to you? You know, yes. is because what we found, I heard this 
Janine Driver, she is a uh, like a body language expert. And she talks about when our kiddos, you know, are mad or angry or sad, if we cannot respond with that same response of anger and raising our voice and yelling, but just asking some questions, usually there's something below of what's going on, what's causing, you know, that anger, the response that we're given. So, and and that's hard for us as adults to learn, let alone children. Right. When we can give something different and something kinder and gentler than what is called for, then it creates a shift. It creates a softening. And that a lot is what my parenting program is about too, with the Compassion Parenting, to be able to stand with our children and offer them something different than what might be automatic or expected. And it can be so powerful. And, And like you say, what we give can be so small to us. I remember another instance of this cycle of giving that just became bigger and bigger. And that type of escalation is so much better than, you know, the negative escalations that we often get in. But I remember one day we were at church and my son found a penny and he decided to draw a picture and give this penny to a woman in our congregation who that created a cycle of letters and small gifts that lasted for years. Oh my God. It was just amazing because then, you know, when she got this, then she wrote him a letter and then he wrote her a letter. And it turned out that this family, they ended up moving away. And my son and this woman kept correspondence even during that time. And then my husband got a job and we moved to the same place that they moved. And it was just so interesting that this whole relationship began with a picture and a penny. We can't predict the power that can come when we open our hearts and open our eyes and change our orientation. So I love your mission. I love what you are teaching and inspiring people to do. In our world that is so saturated with social media that promotes being social in a way that doesn't somehow create real connection. So how, how do you find that giving can heal this, this gap, this need that we have? Yeah. Delete your social media. I actually deleted mine off my phone. It's kind of hard when you have a business that is around connecting and I'm still trying to, I just did it like two days ago because I was like, I hate how much time I'm spending on social media. Not that I'm not going to post. I just don't want to be on it. It goes back to being intentional. You know, at the end of the day, you really do have to be intentional. I was giving a leadership training for a company and I have people do their morning routines, like write down, let's write down what your morning routine was. And then I asked people what they wanted to share. And I had a dad raise his hand and he said, I never realized I have 30 minutes in my morning that I'm on social media. I could be using those 30 minutes for my children and my wife, but he had never, you know, like it just until it was on paper. And so I think that's one is looking at where are our phones? (laughs) Mm -hmm. What are we doing? And first, start with your family. You know, are you all in the same room and you think you're connecting, but you're really not? And so I think that's the first thing is how do we give to our families? I know we think a lot of times we're giving to our families, you know, we're sitting around, but then look how we're, are we having conversations? Are we on our phones? 
And then going back to the the volunteering and, and our community is, okay, find out how you can volunteer. That's So my husband's an Indiana State Trooper. He was working afternoon shifts when I started on my giving journey. And I said, I was depressed. I wasn't leaving my house. I'd worked from my home, you know, just we had moved to a new area. I didn't know hardly anybody. And it was volunteering. It was just showing up. I always say forcing myself to sign up and show up of the commitments that I've made in some of my good friends now in this community. We've been here over a decade. I met through volunteering and I'm an introvert. So if anybody's listening, they're like, Stephanie, I'm an introvert. I don't like to leave my house. I know I hear you, (laughs) but it always made me feel I left feeling better after the majority of those volunteer events. Other ways that we can make connections is figure out what your family likes, you know, do you like running or being outside? You know, show up for a 5K that's raising funds for a a nonprofit in your community. Walk it, you know, as a Mm -hmm. family and meet other families while you're at the the starting line. So I think, you know, you mentioned church. Our church has a lot of opportunities for kids and families to get involved and to be social. But the biggest part is, is we have to show up. Yes, I think that's so wise just to be able to be intentional about setting aside the things that are distracting us from giving and being present with the people who are in our inner circle, because that is where to start. I think it is possible to be so focused on giving that we can actually look beyond our own family and forget about them. But if we can serve and give together, then that is a way that we can replace that distracted, disconnected time with powerful connection. Yeah, you said something important. You know, we kind of give a lot outside, but sometimes we think, and I'll say this, I don't mean it to offend anybody, but it's really easy to lie to ourselves. And remember that activity I told you, I did it with some moms of what are your priorities and then where are your activities? And I still remember sitting in a coffee shop with a mom, you know, and her family was number one. But when you looked at all her priorities, None of those, she couldn't draw that arrow. I don't want to say none. A lot of them, she could not draw that arrow to her family. And it was very eye-opening because it forced her, again, steam it on paper. She couldn't lie to herself of going, oh, but see everything I'm doing for my family. And she was able to start saying no, which that was really hard in the beginning to go in places. And a lot of it was good, the volunteering. She thought she was doing good things, but she realized, wait, every hour I'm doing this, I'm not serving my family and giving to my family, but then are there other things? So it's, you know, it is a great exercise to do to make sure that, hey, if my family is my priorities, do my time and my activities. I also want to say something that you touched on earlier is you as a mom being tired, you know, and you just wanted to be seen is I do think it's really important for moms to figure out how do you give to yourself? How do you take some time? Because, and I've been there as, you know, a busy working woman where I just ran myself into the ground and started having major health issues. And what I realized is when I wasn't healthy, I couldn't give and serve to others the way that I wanted to. So I really encourage, you know, moms is to figure out how do you work together maybe with some other moms, (laughs) you know, to schedule play dates so you can have, even if it's an hour, you know, start somewhere if that's an area that you struggle with is we have to make sure we're giving to ourselves like we do give to others. 
I think that's so important and similar to just changing our orientation and that it doesn't have to necessarily take more time. Self-care doesn't have to be an extra task. It can be, I have something that I teach the moms that I work with about micro renewal and being able to find ways to just integrate it in the things you're already doing, giving to the masses, giving externally to strangers isn't necessarily higher than giving to our family, giving to ourselves. In fact, we do have to sort of start by sustaining ourselves and supporting our families. And then together, we can look outward and really have the energy and the alignment of knowing that our priorities are being addressed and that we are making a difference together. I'd like you to share with our audience where they can best find you and how they can access your giving challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So givinggal.com backslash shop, uh, the giving challenges on there. I've got other resources. So if you're at givinggal.com, go to resources. If you scroll down, there's a lot. I will put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for speaking with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Mary. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Compassion Parenting Podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts. What resonated with you? What questions came up? Let's continue the conversation on Instagram at Compassion Parenting or within my free Facebook group, Parenting Well, Raising Compassionate and Productive Humans. Links are in the show notes. If you've gained insight from the time we've shared today, leave a review and subscribe. There's a quick how-to in the show notes. Have a blessed week. May you love yourself, your family, and the world wisely and well.